You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, and if he's back, you drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, what's going on, buddy? What's happening? Happy to be here. How you doing, Clayton? Doing good, man. You said no daddy sodas or not, right? You're gonna take the take the wife out, do a little shopping here in a minute. Yeah, you know, I'm I don't drink and drive, so daddy sodas later. We're doing uh we're doing regular sodas tonight. Little Santa, little Santa soda. There you tonight. go. <laughs> Santa pack for you up in here. You That's have right. a daddy soda for me though, Clayton. Go ahead, man. Oh no, absolutely, and we do. We've got a we got a little daddy soda flowing tonight for sure. There you go. Um, I know Omer is already in the chat in here. You know, Omer is usually a little angry in the chat, so we got a little drop for him. Whenever he goes on one of his rants, I'm going to try to remember to hit it. We got this keyed up for the for the mad, the fiery Frenchman over there. So was he talking to Goody? I think he might have been. I think he might have been. We, we translated that. Google Translate put that from French to English, and it said, fire everyone. So, there you go. All right, but I uh, hope everybody's doing well tonight. We're just messing with you, Omer. We love you oh. being in here, brother, and uh, love the uh, love the passion for sure. We got us a super chat here, Robert Allen, with the, the as we always say, the 200 rupees. Right? Um, he said, Brock Purdy on 20 plus yard passes is 20 of 30 for 568 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. With a QB rating of one thirty five point four, show me some of this, and I can buy a ticket on the love train. Amen, man. Um, you know, a lot of people are pointing out the stats of him. You know, having I think he's leading the league in completions of thirty yards or more, right? Mm-hmm. But we point out the efficiency is pretty far down, right? So uh, I seen that stat rolling with Brock Purdy, and it no wonder, you know the San Francisco 49ers are, are having such a good season. I mean, you're hitting explosive plays, you got a great defense. Always got a solid running game. It all makes sense for sure. But, yeah, I completely agree, Robert. Um, you know, if if Love can get that aspect of his game down and, and tighten up that accuracy, I think the sky's the limit. It's just not been there, right? So let's, uh, let's hope they can put that together for sure. But um, let's see here. And, and for those of you wondering, um, our boy Emilio is not going to be with us tonight. And we did confirm – it's date night, so. Hi, I'm Date Mike. Nice to meet me. How do you like your eggs in the morning? There you go. So, Emilio, 
salute, sir. Have a good night. <laughs> Happy Saturday, man. Have fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for those of you who missed the injury report earlier today, I'm going to go ahead and key it up again one time here. Paul Brettel reported on it, said the Packers' final injury designations per Matt LaFleur. Questionable Rashawn Gary, uh, Jair Alexander, and Quay Walker. Doubtful is Rudy Ford. And LaFleur said there was a mishap at practice with Gary, a shoulder injury, doesn't expect it to be long-term. Hopefully he can go. Uh, we kind of talked about it on Good Morning Lambeau that if he doesn't go, you know, hey, just going to be more snaps for uh, Lucas Van Ness. And we all know, uh, I think we would all agree, we're not really playing for a playoff berth at this point, although it's still statistically possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, like you pointed out, uh, we had an elevation today, right, Tim? Absolutely, yeah, Benny Sapp. Uh, safety elevated. So that's kind of, uh, you know, deductive reasoning will tell you that uh, that pretty much tells us Rudy Ford's going to be out. I mean, he's listed as doubtful, but we all, we all know how that goes, right? Doubtful means you're, pro- you're, you're out. We'll, we'll get that confirmed tomorrow. And yes. um, seeing that roster move just confirms it in my opinion. So um looks like uh, Ant Johnson and uh, J.O. back there for us tomorrow, right, Clayton? Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Um, I'm excited to see it. You know, you guys know I love Rudy Ford. I'd love to see him in the lineup. But um, every time we get to see a significant amount of snaps from Anthony Johnson uh, Jr., I think it's always a good thing because we get to kind of evaluate him now, right? And and that's really going to determine, um, you know, if they're aggressive in the market in the offseason going after two safeties as opposed to maybe just one as far as starter money goes. So mm-hmm. um, we, we've seen they're willing to spend starter money on a safety because they just overpaid for Darnell Savage, right, for uh, this past year, picking up the fifth-year option. So I could see that being a position they're a little more aggressive with, unless, of course, they decide to address that in the draft as well, like they did Savage back in the day, which I'll never forget that one year, Tim, where Savage came out and kind of balled out, and it was like, okay, we got the safety of the future. And, man, it went downhill from there, didn't it? Yeah, and it kind of speaks to what you say about not, you know, not being able to get away from your draft picks sometimes, you know, like we yeah. – it's been the waiting game. And, you know, there's so many things that Darnell Savage brings to the table um, as a teammate, as a locker room guy, as a leader. So, like, that can't be overlooked. Um, but, yeah, execution on the field has been inconsistent and lacking. And, you know, I I, I don't know why. I, I still don't know why we did – we we went with the fifth year on him, um, especially looking at some of these young, young safeties we have, you know. Um, Rudy Ford included. I think he's got a bright future and uh, I'm with you too. You know, whatever, whatever he's dealing with, there's no, no reason to force him out there right away, you know? And I kind of feel the same way about Jai and, um, you know, Quay and Rashawn too, you know, what, I guess those might be game time calls tomorrow. Maybe that's a, you know, jump out on the field, do a little, little light exercise in the morning, see how you're feeling, see how it looks. And then we make that decision. Hopefully we'll be able to, to get those, uh, get that information on uh, good morning Lambo tomorrow for the pregame. Um, But I think a lot of that's going to be kind of determined tomorrow um, who we're really going to go. I guess if I had to pick one out of those three that I I would lean towards playing, it's probably Quay because Quay's Mm -hmm. been, you know, sidelined these past couple of weeks with that groin. If he's better, I don't see why, why you don't maybe trot him out, but you know, Rashawn, Jair, we'll see what happens um, tomorrow morning, hopefully. Yeah. And like I said, we'll be live tomorrow morning at, uh, It'll be 10.30 Central, 11.30 Eastern for the uh, Good Morning Lambeau uh, pregame show there uh, for the Packers-Chargers game. We'll have the inactives uh, for you guys there about halfway through the show. And uh, got a got a fly in here, bro. Had the doors open earlier today. Beautiful fall day. 
man. And, so, he, and he just trespassed, huh? Just yeah. walks right in. Yeah. Hey, he doesn't know, man. We're armed and dangerous up here, bro. Yeah. We'll, we'll shoot the room up to get that get that sucker <laughs> out of here. You know what I'm El, saying? Elmer Fudd style. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep, exactly. Be be belly belly quiet. I'm on the web. Um, let's see here. Derek K says uh, Johnson Jr. needs to play. Completely agree. Um, Cheesehead Murph says Savage has lost that gig. It is up for grabs. My Anthony Johnson Jr. for the taking. Man, I would love to see him just just take that and never give it back. Have Rudy Ford be the other safety if they'll extend him. That sets the floor, and then be aggressive this offseason and try to sure up that position. How cool would it be if? Anthony Johnson Jr. shows some promise here down the stretch, right? Yeah. Rudy Ford, let's say that what he's dealing with injury-wise is not long-term, and I think we would all agree there's no reason to think it is right now. They extend him a two- or three-year deal, that floor set, and then you go out and get use a high draft pick or um, maybe even spend a little money in free, agent, free agency and grab that starting safety. Now you've got a solid backup if – of course, Anthony Johnson Jr. does show promise, right? Um, yeah. I think that would be the way to go. But, again, um, it all starts up front. We've got to get that defensive lineman. You know, first and foremost, if Love isn't the guy at the end of the season, you got to go get a quarterback. You've got to try your best to sure that up. And if you feel good about Love or after you sure that up, I really think we've got to try to find that dominant defensive lineman because just the way things are set up right now, it's it's not working against the run. Um, you got to have somebody who's going to be physical up front. Be and it's the thing too, like uh, what Mike Wall pointed out, Tim. It's it's almost like he was kind of hinting at the fact, like I don't know if it's the way they te- they're coaching these guys or what. It's like they're not not coaching them to be more aggressive and shoot the gap. That could be the case, you know. I just have no proof that 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 is it. And it's almost like. You just need that alpha, man. You need that alpha right up front, dude. You need that, like like we said, that Jalen Carter, or that Jordan Davis, or that, you know, uh, uh, Quentin Williams, whoever, right, right there in the middle. Um, all the great teams have that, you know. We need a bully. We need a bully up there. Absolutely. And I agree with Murph too, by the way, with with Savage. You know, it's 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 pretty clear right now, you know. And we don't want to see anybody hurt. But I'm so excited for Anthony Johnson Jr., man. Just mm-hmm. so excited for this young player. And, you know, you see that excitement and that fire in him, you know, getting these opportunities to really see the field here, you know, halfway point of the season here moving forward. He may really, you know, really get to eat up some snaps here. And um, I think he's going to respond, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just a gut gut feeling to spend a little time around him this summer. Um, you know, guys like that, man, if they're given a glimpse of an opportunity, they they grab it and they run with it. So, you know, and hey, he is going to have his hands full tomorrow. So we'll get a really good look at Anthony Johnson Jr. back there for sure tomorrow. So, yeah, definitely. And, you know, if they do try to run the ball and you see us kind of come out of that too high shell, which like Paul Brettle said earlier on Twitter, he thinks they'll stay in the too high shell to kind of control that passing game. Um, if they do come out of it, then what you're going to see is, okay, are they going to try to uh, pass to the side in which the safety isn't deep? I mean, if we come out of the shell, they're going to be attacking the boundaries all day long. There's no doubt in my mind. Justin Herbert has the awareness. He has the the accuracy, and he darn sure has the, uh, the strength, the arm strength, to hammer those out routes, to hammer those hitches and those back shoulder throws. That's why I'm kind of looking for that quarter – quarter, quarter, half, look, 
and maybe we can jump one of those, right? Um, right? But they have protected the ball really, really well. And, of course, we've probably lead the league and dropped interceptions, unfortunately. So um, it's going to be fun, though, to see how it unfolds. Let's get into a little bit more um, of the matchups, that type of thing. Um, we'll save the A.J. Dillon talk to the very end, if that's cool with you, Tim. Yeah, we can. Um, we'll, we'll kind of talk uh, A.J. Dillon contract here in a second. But let's key up first um, the uh, – Let's go with the the PFF kind of outlook, okay? So the preview, if you will, all right? So when we look at it from that perspective, let's start with Keenan Allen, okay? Keenan Allen is fourth in receiving yards and has nearly 60 more targets than the next Chargers pass catcher. Austin Eckler ranks second among running backs in yards, uh, yards per catch and average yak. Not letting this game get out of hand begins here against pass-heavy Chargers is what Paul Brittle said, go check out that article over at Dairyland Express. And, again, he's also tweeted out. I don't want to give his article away, but he tweeted out earlier. So I, I think it's okay to say prob, the, the key here is probably going to be to stay in those quarters look, right, and, and play some of those zone match principles and really try to key in on what it is they like to do with Keenan Allen. You know, it's kind of a bracket coverage by default, if you will, right? So um, I think the pass rush is going to have to hit home as well. That's going to be something that's very, very important. So when you look at, uh, you know, Keenan Allen and, and you know, what he brings to the table, you think, okay, if, if Jair goes, you're not going to have Jair follow him, I can't imagine. But um, there's going to be times that he's probably matched up on Jair. If he does get matched up on, uh, on uh, Valentine, then I think it's going to give us an opportunity to see exactly what Valentine's got, you know, and that's exciting for me. So um, um, let's go ahead and start with on that, Clayton. I hope we, I hope we see minimal man man principles we, yeah we're gonna get lit up if you we play man, you play man against this team if you play single high man and you play press yeah it's uh it, one or two things are gonna happen either your corners are gonna show up and you're gonna shut them down or they're gonna hit a ton of explosive plays i really believe that but yep. you know maybe maybe the coaching staff is kind of looking at it like hey let's see how much we can stretch these guys let's see how much we can put on them they could be looking at it that way too you know they may go in with the game plan of that that one gap approach. That's um, true. I can't yeah. imagine they will, but I've definitely been wrong in the past. I could see that though, Clayton. You're right. I mean, we're playing to win a game. We're not we're not trying not to win, but we also, like you had said, you know, this is an evaluation season. Right. So I mean, throwing guys into the fire is not uh that unrealistic. Um, but hey, sometimes that's how you gotta deal with a challenge in life, right? Run right into it head on and just give it your best and see what happens and you if you fail, you regroup and you try it again. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys back there tomorrow. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Um, let's do this. As we get ready to dive into the PFF, let's break it up a bit and let's play Final Thoughts. This is over at Packers Daily, uh, Packers.com. You can find it on their YouTube page. This is our boys, Wes Hockowitz and Mike Spofford. They do an excellent job every week. Kind of go out there into the bleachers of Lambeau and give you a Final Thoughts video. So make sure you guys go to Twitter. Uh, Packers Twitter, Spofford's Twitter, as well as uh, Hockowitz, and uh, and give this a like and a retweet. Show them some love. They do great work. So uh, here we go with uh, final thoughts. Two things you can count on. The Chargers visiting Lambeau Field once every eight years, and the Packers wearing their throwback uniforms when they do so. <laughs> Packers Chargers in the 50s classics. It's time for final thoughts. Weston, what's at stake? Victory, Mike. 
Packers trying to get back in the win column once again and also doing so for the first time against the AFC West this season. Came up short against Vegas, came up short against Denver. Can they get the job done at home against the Chargers? Yeah, and this game is all about continuing the progress that was shown on offense against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road last week. The Packers didn't come out with a victory, but 399 total yards was a good day for the offense, and that needs to keep going here against L.A. Wes, who's heating up? Presented by Aurora Heated Apparel. Mike, the temperatures go down. Keyshawn Nixon heats up, and he's doing it once again for the Green Bay Packers. Back-to-back -back weeks with explosive kickoff returns to start the second half. He's getting closer to breaking the big one. He feels like it's coming. Could it be against the Chargers? But defensively, also a very important piece of this defense. He was saying he was looking around the sideline last week. He was the most veteran guy in that cornerback room among who was available for the Packers, and they're going to need him. He's coming up big for Green Bay. They need him to play big. Yeah, no question about it. My guy in this game is rookie receiver Jaden Reed. We saw him last week against the Steelers, a 35-yard touchdown, a 46-yard catch on kind of a broken improv play to get that final drive started. He's now over 400 receiving yards on the season with eight games to go, and the most receiving yards by a Packers rookie in the last 30 years is 676 by James Jones in 2007. He's got that number in his sights, and he could get there pretty soon. Wes, I say the Packers win this game if they're the better team in the red zone, and I say that on both sides of the ball. The Chargers have an explosive offense. As I mentioned before, the Packers are getting their offense going. I think both of these teams are going to move the ball and have scoring opportunities. If the Packers can finish those drives, unlike in the third quarter in Pittsburgh last week when they had to settle for field goals, and on the other side, if the defense can get a couple stops in the red zone and force field goals by the Chargers, I think that could be the difference in this game. It's an excellent point, Mike, and for me, I think the Packers win this game if they get back to defending the run the way they did the past two weeks up until that game against Pittsburgh. There was a lot to like about where Green Bay was at, taking all 11 guys, playing as one. They got away from that a little bit against the Steelers. Can you bring it back against the Chargers team that, while they are very dangerous on the offensive side of the ball, have not run the ball that well this season? Green Bay has the bodies to do it. They need to get it done. Absolutely, and with that, we will sign off on this edition of Final Thoughts. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of Sunday's game from Lambeau Field on Packers.com and on all of your social All right, awesome, good stuff. <clears throat> love what they do over there. Again, go show those guys some love on Twitter and on YouTube for sure. Um, let's get back to the chat here. I like what Derek K is saying. Valentine gets his first regular season pick. Boy, come on, sign me up and sign like me it. up. Uh, this is a good point by Cheesehead Murphy. He says Keenan is playing injured, so I think he will be on a snap count. The young DBs will definitely uh, will definitely be challenged. Uh, they must communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. And yeah. I can totally see them running him out there, and we got to be like alert, alert. He could be a total decoy. You know, you got to look elsewhere, you know, if he's banged up for sure. That's a great point. Yeah, definitely. Steven Smith says in the chat, hello, Fosse brothers and sisters. We're going to need to try controlling the lines and time. Play smart and flag free, please. Please, sweet baby Jesus. Take our time and maintain control of what we can do. Absolutely. Um, Omer in the chat says, pass rush going to be huge. We need to get home. Need to contain Bosa and Mac. Uh, they the Chargers defense. No, no doubt about that. So when you look at the PFF uh, outlook on this, Tim, so essentially what we've got, guys, and it, it may have changed a little bit since then, but I believe it's still sitting at three points. The Packers are three-point underdogs as it sits right now. Um, when you look at the spread, the cash, 50, 57% of the cash is on the Chargers, 75% of the tickets. So as far as the spread, the public is completely on the Chargers. The money line, um, 
58% of the cash is on the Chargers. 90% of the tickets is on the Chargers. So the public on the money line as well, on the Chargers in the money line. And the over-under is set at 44 currently right now. So you're probably going to see uh, see some points scored here. I, I don't think there's any reason to believe it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Let's hope our offense can kind of keep pace. Um, you know, it's one of those deals, Tim, where – if the defense can somehow, some way hold the Chargers under 20 points, I think that's a heck of a task. I just don't see it happening tomorrow. But uh, anything you uh, you want to hit on there from those numbers? Um, I would agree. I think there's nothing here that says this is going to be a low-scoring affair. And I do think this is one of those where a close game will favor us. Um, this is about keeping pace, uh, limiting those explosive plays, and, and your defense holding – and giving the ball to your offense and giving us opportunities to get points on the board. And if, like, to your point, if our offense can do that, um, I think we can squeak out of here with a win. I really do. I don't I don't see it being a bolt race in either direction, but I do see points going up on the board. And, um, you know, we say this every week, man. If we can stop shooting ourselves in the foot, that would be really helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be, be really, nice, really helpful, Josh. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying uh, limit those, those boneheaded mistakes. And – you know, to the Packers' credit, I think um, certainly at this point in the year, I think I think we have seen a little bit less of those mm-hmm. uh, compared to maybe the first you know quarter of the season uh, with these young players. But they're still it's still happening, and they're happening at the worst times. So you know, fundamentally sound, be on your p's and q's out there. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Clayton. I don't. This is not going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I don't know if we're going to put 100 points on the board uh, these two teams, but. You know, I, I definitely see, um, yeah, somewhere around that 20 points. That's always been my barometer. I've always felt like any defense, if you can hold your opponents under under three touchdowns, you know, under 21 points, you give your give your team a chance to win as long as you've got a halfway effective offense. And I believe the Packers are, are better than that. We have more than a halfway effective offense when we're, when we're rolling. And, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a great game tomorrow. I don't know about shootout, but look for, you know, you go down a couple scores in this game, this is one of those that to me could get away from you. But if you're if you do what the Packers have been doing pretty much all year, with the exception of Detroit, um, keeping that game close and staying in the game, giving yourself a, a chance at it, I think we get over the hill this time. Let's get a dub at home for sure. In the in the old school throwbacks. Absolutely, man. I love those unis too, man. I really do. Um, I would like to see the Acme Packers ones, like like the shirt you're wearing, those colors. That would be awesome. We're getting a little bit of static, uh, Tim. I can't tell if it's on my end or yours, but if you if you got the phone there, just try to move it away at touch. But um, nonetheless, we got Jake K in the chat, member of the PTA Posse, says Packers win if dot 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 sixty five percent sixty five percent. I don't even know what that means, but I like it. You know, there it is. so <laughs> we'll roll with it for sure. Any, any, any reason to key up 65, we're going to, we're not going to do it all night guys. Okay. Derek K says, if we rush 65% of the time we win, <laughs> chargers may score 65. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's funny, people still calling them the San Diego Chargers, LOL. Dude, I, I still call them the San Diego Chargers. I still call them the Oakland Raiders. Yep. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's rough out here, man. Um, but uh, with that being said, let's do this. Let's key in now, Tim, on the uh, offensive side of the ball. Let's kind of look at the matchups and see what we've got here. Um, according to PFF, this is our 12 personnel, okay? I'm going to kill my camera, too, so y'all ain't seeing me all up in your grill here. Um, so – when it comes to 12 personnel for the Packers, this is kind of how it matches up, right? Um, first of all, let's 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 look at our negatives, right? Obviously, Tucker Craft, 42.3. It's the main reason we're I, I you know, I know Tim agrees that I personally think we should stay in eleven personnel as much as possible. That way you're getting read on the field as opposed to craft, and you're getting a constant rotation of Dontavian Wicks, right? The other thing that sticks out is Christian Watson's struggles, right? 57.8. You need him to put a game together as soon as possible. I'll say this, Josh Myers, we've been on him a lot, right? Last couple games, he's kind of started to turn it around a bit, right? He's now the 19th graded center in the entire NFL. Obviously, last week had a great run blocking grade, but unfortunately his pass blocking grade was like down in the 40s or 50s but he's now up to a 60.9. He is no longer, according to PFF, he is no longer the weakest link on this offensive line. That goes to John Runyon, who is 52.9. That makes him the 63rd guard out of 80 in the NFL. Just a really, really bad up front there. Now, when we match up uh, our front against their front, uh, you know, they, their defensive line really isn't nothing to ride home about, you know, as far as their their front three there in the 34 uh, 41.3 is Johnson over there at right end. Nose tackle is Joseph Day, 63.3. And Fox at left end is a 59.5. So if you do trigger base, they're kind of weak up front on the defensive line. However, you see Bosa, 78.1. And Khalil Mack is right back to his old form, 89.6. He's the ninth highest graded edge defender in the entire National Football League. So when you look at the fronts there, Tim, just the offensive line, versus their defensive line or their front five in that jam look. Um, what do you think, man? How do you like the way we match up here? Run the freaking football. Want to neutralize that pass rush, right, man? Run the ball between the tackles. Pound this run. Do it. I don't care. Jones, Dylan, uh, Manuel Wilson, what, what, whatever. 
Um, Matt LaFleur, if he wants to put pads on and go, I don't care. We need to run the football. Um, you have that. I mean, how else do you neutralize that pass, pass rush? Because right. I, I, I love me some Zach Tom, and we know that right side is going to be okay. It'll be, it'll be another fun uh, week of challenges for Zach Tom at right tackle. You know, last week dealing with TJ Watt, now, now dealing with Mr. Bosa here. Um, and, but I, I don't know about Yash over there with uh, Khalil Mack. I think the best thing we can do is those, you know, inside zone run, um, you know, po- power run when we can. And again, like I always say, it's not about, you know, yards per carry. It's about telling this front that we're not scared to run. And, right. you know, your best chance at neutralizing a pass rush like Bosa and Mac is going to be with the run game. You know, that's just my opinion, but that's how I see it up there in the trenches. Yeah, no, it makes, makes a lot of sense. It definitely does. So as you look at the trenches now, let's let's think in this regard. Let's say we take Tucker Craft off the field and we put in a Jaden Reed, okay? So let's go to our 11 look. Notice their front, their front three, how weak, right? And when we go to 11 and they go to their nickel, their nickel back, 55.3, nothing to write home about. Jaden Reed, of course, starting to turn it on a little bit, 67.7 there in the slot. I'm telling you, what, what it screams for me here, Tim, is run out of 11 personnel and run it between the tackles. If they do put Bosa inside like that, which I don't know how often they do that, and they bring uh, – I don't even know if I can say his name. Tui, I can't say it. Oh, they're, wow. uh, they're backup edge defender, if you will. It seems like in the nickel, they like to put Bosa with his hand in the dirt and try to work him there on the inside, according to PFF. So uh, their backup edge defender, 70.4. You stay kind of strong there. I don't know, man. This might be one of those rare occasions where it's uh, you might want to, uh, want to stay in base and try to run between the tackles then go 11 personnel. And, and try to pass the ball. You know what I'm saying with Taylor there? Because on the outside, you got Leonard at a 67.0. Obviously, Dobbs, 70.6. Got a little bit of an edge in the matchup there. Reed against their slot defender, their slot corner, their uh, you know nickel back star, whatever you want to call it, yeah. 55.3 versus 67.7. You got a little advantage there. And then Asante Samuel Jr., 71.5. Now, maybe Dobbs gets matched up on him more than Watson, but Watson with a 57.8. We all know what Christian Watson's feeling here. And he's one week healthier, right? This could be the coming out party if he gets matched up on Leonard and uh, and kind of take the top off this defense. Because Derwin James isn't having a great year. I know his name brings in a lot of a lot of praise to him, but him coming in at sixty one point six is great now as the fifty second best safety. But Gillum on the other side, seventy six point nine, he's a borderline top ten safety according to PFF. In the middle, you got uh, Kendricks at linebacker, sixty seven point seven. And then Murray Jr., 55.6, nothing to ride home about there. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this plays out. Who's going to get matched up on Musgrave when you're in 11? Is it going to be Derwin James? That would be my guess, although depending on which side you're lining them up on and how they move their defense around, it could be Gillum. But Musgrave on some of those deep digs, right, or maybe even a wide cross with a dig off the backside, kind of that slot cross combo that we or concept that we've seen all year long, you can see Dobbs and Reed getting freed up across the middle with that weak linebacker play there. But uh, what do you think here when we switch to eleven personnel? Oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it very similar. Um, you know, if they're going to put Bosa's hand in the dirt here and move him over there, you know, I, I agree with the running between the tackles out of eleven. But I'm wondering if we can mix in off tackle to the right side too. You know, or maybe maybe some strong side toss. You know, just to mix it up a little bit over on that that side of the field. Um, and then as far as, you know, these, the, our receivers, you know, yeah, Sante Samuel Jr. is going to be there 
that's their uh, probably the closest they have to a quote unquote shutdown, you know, and he's not 71.5 is nothing super, super exciting. Of course, I'll keep my mouth shut looking at some of the grades of our corners. But um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Scoot might have a chance to have himself a game. However, I put the asterisk on that if we stop force feeding him the ball. Um, I think we need to exploit that matchup when we can. We know the safety help to that side is nothing super exciting. And I think if you get a guy like Watson the ball early in a route, rather than trying to be a field, use him as a field stretcher in this game, I think we might have a really good chance to get him going. And we know if we get a guy like that going, that's just going to really free things up for guys like Reed and Dobbs and Wicks. Um, you know, in Musgrave as well. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about, you know, 11 personnel against this defense. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, definitely. And Robert Allen in the chat said Mike Wall wants to keep them in base. So that's an interesting take there. And like we just pointed out, um, you know, if you go back to 12 personnel, they're definitely weak on that front three in the 34 front. So maybe you see a good a good combination of both, right? A good, bl- a good blend, a good mix of both. But uh, appreciate yeah. you uh, passing that information along, Robert, for sure. Uh, let's do this. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball here, Tim. Um, so in our base look, let's let's start on their side, and let's start with the offensive line up front first, okay? You've got uh, Slater at left tackle, 74.0, great left tackle, uh, grading out 22nd best in the league. You've got a left guard, Johnson, a 57.1 at center. You've got Clapp at 51.0. At right guard, you got Salyer at 61.1. And at right tackle, you got Pipkins at 59.5. If that is truly the starters, look for Rashawn Gary if he plays in this game to have a heck of a game. Also, if you march, if you have to march Lucas Van Ness out there, right, and Preston Smith stays on the right side predominantly, he might have himself a day. So that's the big thing that sticks out to me on the interior. Not very good for them, man. 57.1, 51.0, Um, You know, if there's ever a day that that TJ Slate and Kenny Clark are going to put it together, right, and put it together together along with uh, Devontae Wyatt, this might be the time to do it. Now the question is, how, how often are they going to stay in their base 12 look, right? Probably not very often. They're a pass-happy team. I imagine they play a lot of 11 personnel. But as far as the front matchup there, Preston Smith, 75.5, opposite side, Rashawn Gary, 80.3, unless, of course, it's Lucas Van Ness, which he's grading out somewhere around a 61. Um, kind of like our, our front matchup there, with the exception of left tackle. And, hey, let Preston Smith give him all he wants all day long, right? Yeah, man. And, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth because I the first thing I saw was, was big TJ Slayton in the middle. You know, yeah. this Chargers team is going to suffer without Corey Lindsley at center. And, uh, you know, I think Big TJ can uh, exploit that for sure. I'd like to see a pancake here tomorrow. That would be nice. Um, and Devontae Wyatt as well. Kenny Clark, you know, I agree with that that sentiment that this could be, you know, an opportunity for them to have themselves a game here and start trending trending in the right direction. And, um, you know, you, you talk about how they, these guys started this season so far and how we look up to this point. It would be nice to see a strong finish from our, our defensive front. Um, great point, though, too. I don't know how much of this we're going to see. That's a great point, Clayton, with this. Uh, they like to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, I don't know how much of this personnel grouping we're really going to see out of them, but we're going to see it. And when we do, we got to execute and win. We got to win these matchups um, in this set um, for sure. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on uh, on Keenan Allen again, you know, hurt or not. That guy is that guy can be really, really deadly. So 
you know, hopefully yeah. Jaw's good to go if he if he is in fact playing out there. Um, and we're he's probably going to need help. Let's be real. He's probably going to need a little help over the top. And we've got to play uh, play discipline within our system um, because if you think pressing Jaw up on Keenan Allen is the answer, you're you're sorely mistaken. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how this defense responds. Really. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting nonetheless. Um, looking at the percentages according to the 33rd team, uh, when you look at the Los Angeles Chargers' data here as far as uh, top groups, they're in 11 personnel 66% of the time, and they're in 12 26% of the time. So that ranks, that percentage ranks them 12th in 11 personnel. So they're in 11 personnel 12th highest in the league. They're in 12 personnel 7th highest. So they tend to place uh, a little more 12 personnel than most teams do. These teams are built very similar in that regard and how they how they attack personnel-wise because, you know, you have uh, um, Green Bay, I'm pretty sure their 12 personnel, they were ranked sixth in the amount of uh, 12 personnel they use. Really, really interesting there. Now, as far as their EPA rank in those personnel groupings, they're seventh in EPA and 11 personnel and fourth in 12 personnel. So using 12 personnel has worked out for them this year. There's no doubt about that. Just interesting to see uh, which path they take. Now, if we switch to 11 personnel, okay, and trigger our nickel defense, you'll notice here they like to play Keenan Allen in the slot, according to PFF, okay? So putting him in the, in the slot, another reason not to play man coverage, right? You don't want Nixon having to chase him around in the slot. Nixon's grading out of the 59.9. Keenan Allen at 88.6, the sixth highest graded receiver in the entire league. You got Gotten on the outside in their 11 personnel with a 58.9 matched up, according to this, on Jair Alexander at a 65.6. If Jair goes, of course. Um, and then on the other time, you, other side, you got Carrington Valentine against uh, Quentin Johnston, right? Um, 60.2 for him. Valentine 60.0. That should be a good matchup of two young. Uh, young players right there for sure. So the big difference is they, they're they weak at tight end. There's no doubt about it. Even their starting tight end is only a 58.8. And when you go to 12 personnel, that their, their second tight end that triggers in 12 was somewhere in the 40s. So nothing really to worry about at the tight end position with how it sits right now. Of course, in 11 personnel, when you look at our backers on the backside, you got it's probably going to be McDuffie. There's a chance that Quay can go, but if you're planning on McDuffie, a 62.8. And then, of course, Devondre Campbell, the 20th highest graded linebacker in the league at a 76.3. Had a little bit of a drop off last game, but the game before had one of his best games of the season, no doubt. Um, at the safety position with Rudy Ford most likely being out, you've got Anthony Johnson Jr. at a 66.0. And Jonathan Owens on the other side at a 54.8. So, um, you know, strong safety. I want to see him kind of buzzing. I want to see him down in the box, not not necessarily to uh, take away from the the quarters, the zone match principles, but when it does trigger, don't be afraid to let Campbell climb a little bit, almost like that Tampa 2 approach. Have him maybe cover deep as Owens covers the flat. I think I would trust Devondre Campbell in vertical zone uh, a little bit more than Owens coming down or kind of catching going into that zone match look. But when it comes to – the nickel defense, what sticks out to you here, Tim? I agree with that. Uh, I was just thinking that to myself. Uh, Dre is going to be the X factor uh, in the nickel, I think, um, for us to go ahead and, you know, be effective against this, uh, I almost called them San Diego again, against this L.A. Chargers um, <laughs> offense here. Um, and, yeah, Valentine and Johnston, that that's a matchup I want to watch. You know, you talk about guys that, you know, as far as PFS concerned, they're basically they're a dead match. 
Um, so that could be kind of entertaining, actually. And uh, depending on how Keenan Allen looks, you know, we, we could see some of these other guys um, get involved, uh, some of these other receivers. Um, but I agree with that sentiment that, you know, J.O. is a downhill dude. J.O. is a tackler. Um, and uh, I, I agree. I, you know, coverage, vertical coverage is not his his strong suit, right? Like you say, a top-down kind of defender. But uh, we know Devondre is athletic enough and able to play in some of those fits. And uh, I think that's a really good observation. Uh, one other caveat when we're talking about our linebackers is um, I think if Koi doesn't go, this could be a good game um, for Zay McDuffie to really step up and show that he can um, both, you know, play discipline in his run fits, but also in the passing game as well. Um, McDuffie's gotten a lot of heat as not not being very good in coverage. Uh, as a as a linebacker, that's kind of Quay's Quay's strong suit. Um, but I deceivingly so, I think McDuffie can defend against the pass um, when he's on his A game. So if everybody brings it, I, I think we have a chance to uh, win these matchups. Definitely, Zachary Turner in the chat says, "Any word on Stokes? I haven't heard anything. The way I'm looking at that, Zach, to be honest with you, man, um, I'm." You know, I'm kind of rotting it off now. Like, I'm not expecting him to play this year. I'm sure he will, but I'm. you can't plan on it. You can't bank on it. I mean, I, I'm not one to label people as, you know, uh, injury prone or like some people like to say the internet tough guys like to say they're made of glass or whatever. It's just, man, so many times you've seen uh, Eric Stokes just go down with injury and it's like, I don't know, it just – I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. I'll put it that way. Tim, you haven't heard anything the latest on Stokes as far as when he might be available to come off IR, have you? No. No. And I believe that's not really I mean what it's at least four weeks he had to be on, right? Another four weeks. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if he comes back, like you said, it would be probably minimal action. Um mm -hmm. it's almost the same. I put him in the same box as we've got Darnell right now. You know, like could Savage return this year? Maybe. I don't know. Is it likely? Probably not. I mean, I, is he officially done for the year? I mean, I think at this point, yeah. So, yeah, you know, bring on the kids. Let the kids play. Like I said, um, you know, this is exciting time to be a Packer fan. I don't care, you know, what this team is struggling with right now, what our record is. You know, if you're a fan of Green Bay Packer football, you know, you're watching future development right now. And there's a lot to be excited about. Um, there's a lot of those stories on this team. The Carrington Valentines, the Anthony Johnson Juniors, the Dontavian Wicks story of guys that are getting a shot right away. You know, we don't normally see that too often, right? In the NFL, unless you're like a bona fide blue chip, you know, you're, you're pretty much going to have to work your way into a roster and snaps are going to come at a premium. Well, given the situation we've had in, in green Bay this year, a lot of these guys are getting snaps and I think we're going to see more, you know, we're going to see the snap counts increase for a lot of our young guys, especially in the secondary. So a uh, lot to be excited about, man. This is why you cheer for your team. And um, we want to see these guys make a name for themselves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cheesehead Murph said, Keenan Allen, we don't want no problems. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Allen in the chat says, Keenan has a shoulder, so won't affect route running. I completely agree. But like Cheesehead Murph talked about, you know, taking hits though, right? Um, his catching and the blows from tackles. And landing on the ground, that could, you know, that's what I'm – listen, I'm not out to hurt anybody, but you're going to go out there and play banged up. Let that safety come down on him a couple times, Tim. Let him catch one of those spot routes, one of those slurls, and just – I'm talking about putting him right on that shoulder. Yeah. Lower the boom. And there's nothing wrong with playing hard. It's not dirty football. It's not targeting. It's not playing hard. It's 
It's knowing your opponent, knowing the matchup. Hey, let, you know, if if uh, Keenan Allen had a had a bum left ankle, you know, I'm pretty sure our DBs would be shading him appropriately to make him work that bad ankle, right? And that has yeah. nothing to do with contact. It's just smart football. So yeah, a guy's got a bad shoulder and he wants to go up and high point one, make sure you get in there and, and, and lower the boom, you know, make them, make them earn it. And uh, that's football. That's part of the game. As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, you know, that's part of, part of NFL football. These are grown men out there playing a, playing a grown man game, right? Yeah, definitely. Zachary Turner says, thanks y'all. Love what you do. Thanks for the content. Thank you, Zach. We appreciate the kind words. Thank you for hanging out in here, man. And also love that profile pic, man. Love it. Uh, let's see here. Omer in the chat says, Eckler worries me, worries me more than Keenan. Our secondary is our strength. Um, you know, the thing that, that worries me about that, Omer, if we are playing two on the shelf, the way that he protects the ball, don't get me wrong, he likes to drive the ball down the field, but I could also see Herbert checking it down, checking it down, and I think you've got a valid point there, man. Eckler, you know, he's one of those running backs that he's dangerous when he uh, gets the ball in his hands and he can catch, you know, catch pretty much anything thrown his way. He's getting a little longer in the tooth now, but still – still effective as that third down back. Um, I could definitely see that being one of those things where, okay, when they show two on the shelf, it's going to be one, check it down, one, check it down, only one read and get the ball to Eckler in the flat and let him do damage. And, and Lord knows our tackling has not been great, right, Tim? So Absolutely. that's something I could definitely see uh, unfold there for sure. I so. could see them also making a, a um, concerted effort there to uh, establish a run game of their own. Yeah. You know? You know, given, you know, yeah, they're a pass-heavy team. They like to air it out. You know, we, we know that. And they know that we know that, right? It's not a secret. And they also know that we can't tackle a two-year-old right now. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't try and force the issue, um, especially, you know, if their wide receiver one's a little banged up. It might be might be a chance to see them um, really try to exploit our run defense, which means, you know, we got to, like I said, we got to be ready. we got to be ready and we got to execute. And, again, we don't have to be – you know, studs, we just have to not get run all over. Let's not give up 205 yards on the ground of this team, you know, so. Definitely. Derek K in the chat said, our run D against Eckler decides the game. I don't like this. You remember Michael Scott? Me don't like that, Jan. Right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, it uh, don't sound good. Now, he said, uh, Robert Allen says he's deadly in the red zone. Good thing is our red zone defense has actually been really good this year, right? It's been, but don't yeah. break. We hold them to a lot of field goals. It's going to get tested tomorrow, man. And again, Win or lose, another piece of the puzzle is going to get put into place tomorrow, right? And you're going to get some answers on Anthony Johnson Jr. You're going to get more answers on these young receivers. You're going to see, is Christian Watson going to respond, right? Is he going to return? Is he going to have that breakout game we all want him to have? Um, all of these things are, are, you know, what make watching the game interesting. Unless, of course, you're a Fairweather fan, and I know nobody in our chat is. Nobody listening to this pod is a Fairweather fan, or you wouldn't be listening to a podcast with the Packers having such a down year. But those people that just they just want to watch, just want to listen when they're winning, hey man, more power to you. But if you if you're really wanting to understand what direction this team's going in, and the things that happen on the field tomorrow and for this the remainder of this season, is what's really going to determine what we should do in the off season, right? And uh, it's just funny to me that most of those people that aren't even watching right now, they don't care about the Packers because they're losing, will be the loudest in the offseason about what the Packers should do. That's just the way it always works. Right. Some people would call them casuals. I wouldn't be rude and call them casuals. Right? I'll, be, I'll be that guy. Although they are casuals. <laughs> so, I can say that. I'm a recovering casual, you know. <laughs> so 
it's okay, right? <laughs> I think we all were at one point for sure. Um, so with that being said, let's move to the last set. Well, the next to last segment, we got a video on Keyshawn Nixon. Um, just want to point this out real quick that the Chargers, I was thinking they were a little worse in special teams than this, but as me and Tim dug, dug into it just a second ago, the Los Angeles Chargers are 11th, according to PFF, in special teams grade. So they seem to have a solid special teams, okay? Look at ours at 18th. Not too bad, Tim. Yeah, I was just going to say, guys, you know, we had a lot of complaints. You know, let's um, let's tip our cap to Coach Passaccia, yep. you know, year two here. Um, and, and I had said this for a long time. Same thing I say about our run defense. We don't need a, a, an explosively awesome special teams unit. We need a not a dumpster fire special Absolutely. teams unit. And top 20 is perfectly fine with me. I'll take it. Yeah. Just don't botch the snaps. And DeGuara, I just need you to do one thing on, on, on field goal kicks, extra points. Just get in somebody's way, okay? You don't have to have good technique. Just get in somebody's way. That's all I ask. Um, kind of like me on the you basketball. know what we're running, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't think we're running a fake when we're not. Right. So now that you see the Chargers PFF uh, special teams grade, let's queue up this video and see what uh, Packers Daily had to say about Keyshawn Nixon in, in the return game here. Nixon about four yards deep comes out of there along the right side numbers 10 cutting it back inside 15 to the 20 makes the turn 25 30 accelerates 35 40 left sidelines 45 out of bounds with return you either got it or you don't and Keyshawn Nixon has it the boys blocking they do what they're supposed to do we're gonna have a big return uh, it's getting cold Bogging hard, like we always said. I mean, they can't just kick it out of the end zone like they want to, so they got to see us. The temperature is dropping, but the Packers' return game is heating up. Nixon on his feet, breaks tackle 30, 35 40, accelerates to the 50. Wow. Keyshawn's a dynamic player. He's got the speed and athleticism that you absolutely want from a returner. But you got to give it to the guys in front of him that are blocking. These guys know that he's got the ability to take it to the house every time he touches the ball, and they give great effort on teams. The Packers will need a boost from their special teams in what many are expecting to be a high-scoring affair with the Chargers. Both teams are coming off strong Week 10 outings on offense, combining for 820 yards and 57 points. Both defenses, however, are looking for bounce-back performances. It's a get-right game for the Packers on Sunday at Lambeau Field. I think everybody has that mindset of trying to improve, trying to think of what's going to help us and then find those answers to fixing the problem. Leaping back, corner of the end zone, touchdown! Playing our game, making sure that we continue to build and make more explosive plays as an offense or just continue to play complementary football in all three phases. All right, there you go, man. I love Romeo Dobbs, man. He's just – God, he's – I'm so excited that he's a Packer. And, and again, like we pointed out, you know, some people are saying he's the number one receiver. He, he might be technically the number one receiver for the Packers right now as far as production, but – you know, he's grading out as a very good number two. And with where he was drafted, well, that's all you can ask for, right? And, and yeah. it's, it's you know, that floor just continues to raise for Romeo Dobbs. But as far as Keyshawn Nixon, Tim, I, I wouldn't mind to see him break one tomorrow. That could be the difference in a, in a win or a loss, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Coach LaFleur hit it on the head. You know, I mean, he's a dynamic player in, in the return game. I mean, a dynamic player 
in general. Um, spark plug, if you will. He's a spark plug in this uh, in this defense at times, and cer- certainly in the the return game. Um, and I think it's true. You know, Lafleur said it spot on. You know, these guys that are hitting their blocks, that's huge. And when you got a return guy like that. You know, it kind of gives you a little extra fire on that special teams unit. You want to go out there and get after that that block, you know, a little bit more. And um, you know, no stupid holding penalties. Don't block the guy in the back. Let's uh, let's not have twelve guys on the field. Those kind of things. Um, and we should be okay. Um, you know, Larry had a great point there about a get right game, and um, it just sparked this thought. Like, I'm I'm kind of tired of get right games. <laughs> let's uh, let's get right and stay right. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, let's see what we can do at home. But, uh, yeah, Keyshawn is, uh, he's electric and fearless. That's one of the things that makes him so good in the return game is he yeah. is not afraid of anyone or anything My, you know, take it out of the back of the end zone, whatever I'll do it. Um, switch fields, cut back, whatever I'll do it. <laughs> you know, he, you know, kind of like running like a kid who took some candy, you know, and it's just like, you can't, you can't catch this guy if he finds that space. Um, and, you know, our, our blockers have to be dynamic as well, because when a guy's doing stuff like that, you, it's really easy to get yourself turned around and, uh, you know, get caught, you know, maybe uh, holding or something like that. So I think as long as we play sound on special teams, I think I think Keyshawn could break one off on Sunday. And how, how thrilling would that be to get one at home to, you know, in front of that crowd at Lambeau, get a get a Keyshawn Nixon Lambeau leap on a on a kickoff return to the house. That'll be nice. No, absolutely, man. Um, when you look at their defense too, EPA per play, they're 29th. Um, and uh overall on early downs, their EPA, um, they're 28th in EPA on early downs, late downs, they're 14th, red zone, they're not. So there's a lot of similarities about this team and and with the Packers there as far as how they uh they kind of gear up, you know, as far as their defensive identity. Um, they're in base 20% of the time. Now, understand that most of the time the opponent's offense will – they'll kind of dictate, right, what defense you're in. You know, if we're running 12 personnel, they're going to be in base. They're in nickel 72% of the time. It's really more indicative of, of the opponents they've played in their style as much as what they prefer to play. But when you look at their EPA in base, they're 23rd on defense, and in nickel they're 25th. So. I'm going to say this, and not to put any extra pressure on Jordan Love as if he's watching this show. We are not silly enough to think that. (laughs) But um, this should be the game, right, that Jordan Love comes out and just just kind of lights it up, man. Um, And, you know, here's the thing. We know they're not afraid to throw the ball. We've seen it all year long. We've been screaming early when we were still feeling like we had a, a good chance to make the playoffs. Why are we passing so much? Tomorrow's a day they're going to pass the ball, I believe. And I think they're calling for anywhere from 42 to 45 degrees at kickoff, sunny skies. So going to be a good day to wing it around Lambeau for sure, man. Yeah, um, not, not too windy up here either. I've been surprised the wind has kind of died down here in yeah. Green Bay. So that'll uh, help us in the kicking game and the passing game. Should be a beautiful day at Lambeau. You're going to see, you know, obviously with the times have already changed, you're going to see that shadow creeping a little early. But at kickoff, it's it's going to be a beautiful day at Lambeau. Not as as uh, Wayne Larrabee says for uh, Packers Radio Network, he says a sun splash afternoon at Lambeau Field. I'm looking forward to it, man. Aren't we so blessed, man? I mean, I think pound for pound, we have the absolute best radio team in in the NFL. Oh, Our- there. Yeah. 
completely agree, man. Completely. I mean, just hearing them call a game is. I mean, there are times if I if I got to step away or I'm doing something watching the game, I will. I'll just turn the broadcast on and just listen to it because uh, absolutely. You know, like we can't take that for granted at all. We got two of the best at what they do right here in Titletown. So salute to salute to um, Wayne Larrabee, Larry McCarron. You know, I love it. Yeah, what I used to do um, when I couldn't catch the game, I would always have the radio broadcast on Sirius NFL Radio. And even after I, ha- if the game was on nationally, I would mute the TV and listen to those guys. They're so much better than any TV broadcast group. Absolutely. Now that John Madden's gone, of course, you know. Absolutely. Um, and Wayne Larrabee knows ball, man. He's not. He's not one of these guys. That's oh just, no, he's you know, yeah. Going Larry McLaren too. All those years in the trenches, man. It just doesn't get any better. It doesn't. Let's do this. Let's let's end the show with a little AJ Dillon talk. We got about five minutes. Um, What's up, Chris? In Um, appreciate you swinging through. So, I put a little uh, poll question out on Twitter for Packers Twitter, asking uh, about AJ Dillon's contract situation. Okay, obviously he's in the last year of his contract. Probably going to let him test the market, but this was the question that I asked him. I said, Packers poll question: Spotrac has AJ Dillon's market value. At two point seven million per year, what would you be willing to pay to keep the mayor of Door County uh, to stay in Green Bay? Okay, um, so the options I put up: seven million per year, five million per year, two point seven million per year, which is what Spotrac says is fair market value. And then I said, give him the checkbook, like whatever he wants, pay him. You know that those are the options. Now, many people responded. Okay, and I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of insight. Many people, not many. There was a few that responded and said, "Why isn't there an option to let him walk in free agency?" The goal of this poll question was to try to find what do Packer fans think AJ Dillon's worth is. Not do we want AJ Dillon back, right? So, with that being said, the people who don't want him back would most likely lean toward the 2.7, right? What I really wanted to gauge, how many people think A.J. Dillon is actually worth $5 million, right? Because, you know, some people would say that's a reasonable number. When you look him up on PFF, I know he's having a down year because he always grades out in the top five, top ten. He's actually grading out right now as the 24th best um, running back in the league as far as overall offensive grade, okay? He actually uh, comes in at the same exact spot when you go to running grade. So with that being said, Yes, he's having a down year for A.J. Dillon, but still having a solid year. Still still starter quality. So for me, Tim, I'd be more than willing to pay him $2.7 million per, maybe on a three- to four-year contract, um, and keep him in Green Bay. You now set the floor for your running back room, like we talked about other positions. Guys, $2.7 million isn't – it's that's chump change, right? That's I mean, you could find that in the cushions over there at Lambeau Field, right up there in the, in the offices up on the third level of 1265. Um, with that being said, though, I know how you voted, and you can go ahead and say say how you voted here, Tim. But what do you think? How do you think this is going to play out? Because they can let him test the market. The market's been down really, really. I mean, really down the last few years. I think there's a chance someone goes out there and gives them somewhere between four and six million. But I think if the Packers went to him right now and said, "Hey, let's let's make it an average of two point seven, a little extra guaranteed," because he's still pretty young, right? Give him a three year contract. I'd be all about it. But what do you think about this stuff? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm with you. Um, you know, an experience tells me this might be like we saw with Adrian Amos at the end of the last year, you know, go ahead and test the market. Um, except um, I think AJ might get snatched up a little bit quicker. And um, I don't think you're off base there seeing um, other teams that could 
come in that three and a half million plus range just to uh, snag him for their roster. Right. Um, but I agree with you. I think the smart move would be to offer him, you know, I clearly I voted for the 2.7 million. I think Spotrack is pretty much on. We talked about that offline. They um, nailed it all year yeah, long. So like for John's contract, they were, they were right on with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, two they were right on with Elton's too. I think Elton's was a little high, but we took into consideration he has the ability to play tackle too. So it kind of balanced out, but go ahead. I agree. I think, you know, and then you get creative, you do, you do multi-year deal, right? Three years. Um, you can spread things out. You can do incentives and uh, bonuses, things like that. Um, you know, you can go convert money to signing bonus. We all know how the, how the game is played. Right. Um, but I think somewhere in that 3 million per year range probably gets him to sign. Um, I, I'd almost feel, feel pretty good about just saying that with absolute certainty. I think if we don't disrespect him, you know, you don't offer him a one year, one and a half million dollar deal or something. Right. And uh, if you come correct and you come uh, with the right dollar amount, I think it's um, it's almost a no brainer. He'd probably just glance at it and sign it and and let's go, you know. Um, and I, I do. I like A.J. Dillon. There's a lot of reasons to like him, um, yeah. both off the field and on the field. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, his game gets kind of overshadowed because A.J. Dillon is a he's a blue collar running back, man. You're not going to get that flash and that, you know, that crazy, exciting you know, Aaron Jones-esque type flashes that we see, but you're going to see a guy that grounds and pounds, hits his blocks. Um, I'll tell you one thing, A.J. Dillon had fumble issues like crazy early in his career, and he's absolutely corrected that. Um, You can see it the way he protects the football, carries the ball. So, um, yeah, I could see him staying. I just hope the Packers handle this the right way. Um, Because, you know, keeping Dillon in the fold, you know, if we do eventually have to move away from 33 at some point, you know, it gives us a little bit of stability there at the running back room when you've got a guy that's, you know, a veteran like that. And then, uh, you know, we've got Manuel Wilson and a couple other young guys here that that we can bring into the fold as well, plus the draft coming up. So I think keeping A.J. Dillon should be a priority. Um, I would not give him the checkbook. I'm assuming the the vote for $7 million per year and the give him the checkbook votes came from Mr. and Mrs. Dillon and probably some family. I'm sure they think that uh, A.J.'s worth, you know, 25 million a year or whatever. So, Hey, it's all good. But um, yeah, man, I hope, I hope he stays a Packer. He's, he's one of those guys that I would love to see retire a Packer. So. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, his wife obviously is a door County girl. Um, AJ loves the area, wants to stay. If you went to him at 2.7 per, Oh, he'd take that in a heartbeat, right? He'd probably take 2 million. Um, if you like to say, if you give him a three or a four year deal, but uh, with that being said, it is a business, right? Robert Allen says, give me a young slasher. One thing's for sure, A.J. doesn't really fit this offense to a T, although I think he's got enough of the ability to, uh, I don't want to say make it work. I mean, I think when you when you run inside zone, you want someone who can one cut and go, right? He's kind of that back. It's just the run blocking has been so bad that we we see Aaron Jones get bottled up in the backfield in the past and he's dancing around, make three guys miss and somehow get eight yards. AJ's not that type of back. So he just gains two. And we look at it like, Oh, we got to get Aaron Jones the ball more. So, but that being said, I think, uh, I think I'd like to see AJ back for 2.7. But at the same time, Robert, you know, I understand wanting to get a young slasher, like a younger Aaron Jones, right? That type of player. I also think that Aaron Jones, if he keeps on the trajectory he's going on, Guys, he took a pay cut coming off of his one of his best years of his career, right? If he continues down this path and struggles and the injuries are kind of piling up, 
he'll probably take an even bigger pay cut next year. And I'm not trying to dip into his pocket. I'm just saying being realistic, the way the way that Aaron loves this team and the way that he wants to stay a Packer, I wouldn't be surprised to see them both back. If that's the case, then maybe you can go get the back of the future in the draft and uh, someone that can compliment AJ once Aaron Jones does step away for sure. Um, Jake K in the chat says, still can't believe everyone on this team is 25 or younger. It's pretty exciting, man. It, it sucks from a record standpoint because the the standings look like a 25 or younger team, right? But at the same time, the plan was to let these guys grow together. I know we've gotten as frustrated as anybody about that process, but um, it is pretty wild to think of the youngest team in the league, no doubt. Um, let's see what else we've got here in the chat before we wrap up anything that kind of applies. Um, Carson in the chat said, AJ for $3 million, sign the papers. I like it, man. I like it. I agree, you know. And every contract can be set up in a way that, you know, if you sign to a four-year deal, let's say it is $3 million, if he does fall off or kind of hits that wall or injuries pile up, by the third or fourth year, the way the Packers typically structure their contract, you can get out of it and save a significant amount of money and just say, hey, we, we gave it a shot. It didn't work, right? Yeah. A little bit of cap penalty, but not a whole lot. Um, so, yeah, there you go, man. Um, yeah, that's the key right there, Robert. Robert says give A.J. holes and he can be good. Yeah, that's uh, it's been tough this year, and that's why it's. I think it's important to take everything into context. You look at A.J. Dillon, he's grading out as a starting caliber running back. You look at the offensive line, that run blocking has been abysmal according to PFF. So no reason to punish the running back because the offensive line is playing bad, right? Um, set that floor. Set that floor in case Aaron Jones isn't back somehow, some way. But I kind of expect, expect Aaron Jones back for cheaper. And I think there's a, a, a decent possibility that A.J. Dillon returns as well. So uh, with that being said, I think we got through the uh, the entire program here. Just want to say one thing. Uh, Gunsmoke Games, Casey Zarnowski, we still haven't heard from you guys. I said it to midnight last night. We still haven't heard. So we're going to go ahead and give the jersey away to Jason Tebow, okay? Uh, listen, a, a lot of memberships of the, of the YouTube membership of the PTA Posse has been gifted by people like United Bates and others. So – uh, it's totally understandable that people hop in here. They got gifted a membership, and we appreciate United Bates. And I, I'm trying to think of who else did. I think it was uh, John maybe, but um, whoever did it, thank you guys for doing it. I'm not saying you shouldn't continue to do it. That's why we're drawing three, right, in case this happens. So, uh, like I said, Jason Tebow reached out on email and said, hey, man, if you, if you don't find those other two, here's my email address, whatever, hit me up and let me know. So we're going to go ahead and move forward with that. Awesome. Uh, Tim, parting thoughts, man. What else you got before we sign off here? Um, just, you know, you don't like to say it. We don't like to, to toot our own horn, but guys, hit that like button. For real, it helps us here on the show. Um, that's all I really want to say. It doesn't take much. Uh, we appreciate all, appreciate all the support we currently get, but uh, helping with the, uh, the YouTube algorithm for sure. Smash the like button, as they say. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow's game. I actually won't be in attendance. I've got some family that'll be there, so I'm sure they'll in, they'll enjoy it. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and relax from the comfort of home tomorrow for this one. Maybe I'll uh, sneak out to a tailgate or something like that in the morning. Um, but, Sign me uh, up, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing like a good old 930 in the morning brat and a beer, right, Clayton? Oh, let's go. Are you kidding me? I was raised for that. I was raised for that right there. Yeah, um, man. So beautiful day for fall football here in uh, in Green Bay, and um, looking forward to getting a victory at home tomorrow. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, make sure you check us out in the morning, right? Good morning, Lambo. Yep. We'll be on uh, ten thirty Central, eleven thirty Eastern, 
So uh, make sure you tune in. We should have some updates on the actives and inactives tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to just uh, being here for the ride, Clayton. Appreciate you bringing me in, man. No, dude, it's it's a blast talking ball with you, man. I really appreciate you hanging out with me. I'm just jotting down these. Uh, Omar puts me to work. Omar, sorry, puts me to work every every freaking week now, man. They're expecting it, and that's okay. I kind of like it too. He said, uh, "Scores, get your pen out, Clayton." So here we are. I'm trying to write everybody's down just to see who kind of wins here. Um, got everybody giving their score predictions. I'll flash them real quick in the comments that way people can see them. But uh, let's see, Jake K. You've got uh, 24-17. All right, that's all I'm going to write down. we got four of them in, I believe. So, predictions. Omer says Chargers win 38-35. Boy, that'd be a shootout right there, Tim. That'd be a blast, wouldn't it? Um, Derek K. says Packers win 38-21. to uh, Robert Allen says Chargers win 23-17. Jake K. says Packers win 24-17. And then Omer Going to throw it out there. Love throws 300-plus yards this week and at least one running back or wide receiver goes over 100. Give us positives, old mayor. That's what I'm talking about, man. I was really hoping we could use this tonight, but you've been pretty positive tonight. I was hoping I could flash this. Okay, this. No, this. no, no, no. <laughs> but we didn't. You know, I'm still – I try to put Google Translate in there to make sure you wasn't saying anything horrible. Uh, Google Translate, all it picked up was no, no, no. So – it is really picked up the English. Yeah, that's it. Well, it, no, it translated it to. Yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. I had it French to English and it was a lot of French language, just very loud and, and angry. And then, of course, it's he says, no, no, no. And that's and it. Literally, it, it, it started computing. I was like, all right, we got us. What's it going to say? And all it said was, no, no, no. I'm like, all right, there you go. <laughs> thanks for driving. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming. Drive home safely. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Really appreciate everybody's time. This was a lot of fun tonight. Um, always uh, always a great time uh, talking ball with you guys. Robert Allen, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. Everyone in the chat, thank you for contributing tonight. And uh, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. We will be back tomorrow morning, like you said, 1030 Central Time, with the uh, Good Morning Lambo pregame show for the Packers Chargers. We'll take you right to about 30 minutes before kickoff, give you all the actives, inactives, all that good stuff. So that being said, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here. And a seal here. And try to run this play in the alley.